This is Transistor.fm. Hey, welcome to Build Your SaaS. This is the behind the scenes story of building a web app in 2018. It's almost 2019. We're December 12th today. Uh, I'm Justin Jackson. I'm one of the co-founders. My uh, friend and co-founder, John Buda, isn't here this week. Uh, Instead, what we're going to do is play a little bit of this interview, this conversation I just had with Harry Duran. I think it I think his last name is Duran. He has a show called Podcast Junkies. And, you know, when you're being interviewed by someone else, sometimes they can pull out all sorts of things from you that you wouldn't normally kind of express yourself. And so, yeah, I thought it would be interesting for you to hear it. Let's get into it. Get into Transistor in a bit, but um, you guys talk about how to get more people acclimated to podcasting and doing it the right way. Yeah. And you know, I, I'm always fascinated by patterns. And I'm, I'm always really interested in, you know, what kind of anxiety do people have when they start a podcast? What kind yeah. of questions do they have? What are the things that the manufacturers, in this case, aren't thinking about? And if you Google Yeti mic placement... And then you go to image search, you get this image of uh, uh, a Yeti sitting at a table. And then, you know, that old blue Yeti mic that everyone used to get. Well, apparently a lot of people were pointing it right at their face, similar to how you would with a dynamic microphone. But that's not the way the microphone works, right? And uh, it's just interesting to me that... There's, there's, you know, manufacturers of mics. There's, in our case, we do podcast hosting. But there's all these anxieties people have or problems they have as soon as they open up the box. Yeah. Like the first question I have about a microphone is, where, <laughs> where do I put it in relation to my yeah. face? And what's yeah. the best way, you know, what, how do I get a sound? How do I sound like Ira Glass? And, yeah. <laughs> you know... That tip you gave me yeah. about a way to reduce, you know, the way my peas pop. Yeah, plosives. That's, that, that's uh, sorry, what do you call that? Plosives? Plosives, yeah, they're called plosives. Okay. That's gold. I, that's the stuff I want to know. And I've been podcasting since 2012. That's interesting. And yeah. I think uh, podcasting has lots of things like that. Lots of anxiety-inducing situations. Right? Like, what bitrate do I use? How do I save my files? Oh my gosh, like, what microphone do I get? Do I need a. I don't like the sound of my voice. I don't like the sound of my voice. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't like the sound of my voice is a really common one. Yeah. Yeah. Did you have that when you started? I think everybody does. It's so funny because the more you're in it, the more you see podcasters who are just getting started. Like they have like the same exact questions, like imposter syndrome. Like I'm so I started a podcast about podcasting, and there was already like half a dozen out there. There's like uh, Daniel J. Lewis Audacity yeah. Podcast, Dave Jackson School of Podcasting, Ray Ortega Podcasters Roundtable, The Wolf Den stuff. It was just like so much stuff, and I was like, uh, like who am I? Mm-hmm. But um, you'll appreciate this founder story because I know you're friends with him, Chase Reeves, yeah. right? 
I saw, I went to New Media Expo in 2014. He was there talking about podcasting to. Um, no, I was there. I was on that panel with Mike Vardy and Chase Reeves. <laughs> in 2014? Yeah. Oh, my God. Apparently, I wasn't that memorable. <laughs> That's hilarious. Well, I was so focused because I knew Chase from Fizzle, right? And the Fizzle mm-hmm. show. And uh, he had been to the first couple of the first podcast movement. Yeah. So we basically yeah. chatted for a bit and. And I, and I asked him some questions. The app never took off. I went to the conference because I was going to start a podcast for DJs okay. to interview DJs to help promote the app. Yeah. And then I realized how hard it was going to be to get in contact with these globe-trotting DJs. And I'm like, look at the, all these podcasters here. I love podcasts. And then I went back home. The, the domain miraculously was available, Podcast Junkies. How do you know Chase? Yeah, I know Chase well. And actually, that was the first time we, we met in person. Okay. He'd, we'd known each other on the internet. And he begged me to come and be on that panel with him. And um, that's when I met Mike Vardy and a bunch of other folks. Uh, and <laughs> funny enough, I have not been back to... Does New Media Expo even exist no. anymore? No, it was a couple more years and then they folded. And I've never been to a podcast movement yet either. And so that's on my to-do list is I want to... Yeah. Especially now with Transistor... Um, there. Maybe we could get into this in a little bit, but, yeah. but there, <laughs> I think we will. There, there's different schools of podcasting. There's different. Uh, there's different countries. There's different, not countries. I mean, metaphorically, there's different yeah. groups. Yeah, and feels a bit like high school sometimes. <laughs> it feels a little bit like high school. Yeah, and I mean, in some sense, it's it's great. Um. But one of the challenges for Transistor early on is I really wanted us to focus on some sort of niche. I didn't want to just say this is a podcast hosting platform for all podcasters. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, I knew we probably weren't going to be for hobby podcasts. Yeah. Uh, although I'm surprised we are. We we have the the most expensive starter plan I think in the industry right now. And we still have folks who are starting a hobby podcast signing up. Mm. But uh, yeah, so figuring that out, who is this for and what is it for has been kind of one of the challenges of starting it. And I knew what kind of shows I liked to make and I knew what kind of shows I liked to listen to, but I didn't, you know, not all the shows I like to make and not all the shows I like to listen to make great customers. Yeah. And so, yeah, we were, we've been debating that from the beginning. And I think that the biggest tension right now is, you know, we have folks on the platform that have, um, that are kind of internet personalities, you know, mm-hmm. and they've got their show, uh, you know, even in some sense, like Cards Against Humanity was our first customer, yeah. and they have a huge following, but very kind of artsy and cultural and, uh, you know, liberal, and the show is a show, you know, not really about business or anything else. It's, uh, they have a good news podcast where it's every day they have five minutes of good news, and you know, we've had to think, do we want more of those customers? How many of there yeah. are there? Or, you know, and what we've settled on for now is that we're podcasting for brands, for businesses, 
so that might be personal brands. That might mean, you know, uh, a solo founder that wants to start a show. That might mean a lawyer that has a law firm that wants to start a show. That might mean, you know, a bigger brand like Cards Against Humanity that want to have their own branded podcast. Uh, but, you know, there's, there's lots of groups in podcasting. Yeah. yeah, and you can't be all things to everyone. So just for the benefit of the listener, what you're talking about is Transistor.fm. It's um, a relatively new player on the podcast hosting mark in podcast hosting space. Yeah, and I I heard about you because a couple of people were um, recommending you as some of the newer platforms to check out. And then when I saw it was you, because I, I knew about you from product people, I was I got even more interested. Yeah. And then like any podcaster, there was a crazy Venn diagram of like love of SaaS, love of podcasting, <laughs> like podcast junkies. And then I, I, I saw the podcast and I was like, oh man, I'm going to have to binge this. <laughs> <laughs> and I did. And I listened at, on the Overcast and I listened at like one and a half, two X. And yeah. I just like started going at it. I was getting through like three or four episodes a, a day, walking the dog. And I was oh, like, wow. I would do, I would do one trip around the block and I would get at least one or two episodes in. So, so, so that's build your SaaS. And before that, um, you started product people. So yeah. we'll get into all of that stuff, but can, can, do you remember, uh, or can you tell the story of like your first, uh, podcast or, or what your entry was into this world? Sure. Yeah. So in 2012, I was a product manager for a software company in Edmonton, Alberta. And I had, you know, there's a, a bit of a tech scene there. Uh, Bioware has their headquarters there. And so there's kind of this little scene and I was interested in meeting other product managers. And so uh, I met my friend Kyle Fox and we would go for beers and then I moved to British Columbia so I could be closer to the mountains. And when I moved, he said, you know, it'd be great to still keep in touch, but what if we started a podcast for, originally we thought it would be for product managers. Mm-hmm. But the more we thought about it, and we, we came up with the name Product People. But the more we thought about it, the people we wanted to interview were product people, but they were founders, you know, uh, independent founders mostly. People that had, you know, the folks that founded Basecamp, the folks that, you know, founded ConvertKit. We wanted to talk to those people. Mm-hmm. And so we made this list, this wish list of all these guests that we would want to talk to. And we, I just started contacting them and yeah, it's great. We're, we're still, we still haven't hit a hundred episodes with product people, but I think it's going to happen. I've got, you know, a bunch of episodes in the, in the can that yeah. I just need to edit. <laughs> I mean, we, it wasn't like that product people itself was never a super popular show, mm-hmm. but what it did is it attracted this group of founders that wanted to hear their friends, you know, they, they wanted to hear. And so in terms of building a network, it was amazing. Uh, and yeah, I, I think if it wasn't for that show, I would definitely not know the people I know. And I definitely wouldn't be where I'm at right now. Uh, it's also the reason I met John Buddha, my partner in transistor, Mm -hmm. because we were at XOXO and he uh, had already dabbled in, you know, podcasting and podcasting tech. 
and it became a thing for us to talk about. Oh, hey, I've got a show called Product People, and uh, you know we stayed in touch all those years. And so when it came time to, you know, I knew he was thinking about building something for Cards Against Humanity, mm-hmm. and I said, well, what if we partnered up on this and really, you know, tried to make it a not a big deal, but you know, <laughs> let's let's try to do this, you know, together. Yeah. I, I think, think it's it, so interesting because it's a lot of parallels because like like we mentioned, I think it might have been the, in the, in the pre-talk or when we started that I do video for these conversations. And you can imagine after having an hour-long conversation with someone face-to-face completely mm-hmm. changes the dynamic. Um, and when you see them at a podcasting conference, I'm like, oh, they're like, hey, Harry, like, hey, Justin. And it's, I mean, there's a bit of bit more of a, a friendship and a connection. Yeah. And you allude, alluded to it too. Like you wouldn't have some of the connections you have now or friends you have now if it wasn't for the podcast. Yeah. And it's one of like, the most important ways to build your network in a niche, you know, and the fact that it was more niche is even better because it's like, it became known as the go-to place or the go-to podcast within like folks who are doing SaaS and, and startup founders. It's like, we want to hear what our peers are doing, or if we're going to dabble in the space, we want to hear what others are doing. And, and it's so fascinating because I, I, I like this idea of like a super, super niche crowd. And it's mm-hmm. like, this is not for everyone. This is for us, like the Kevin Kelly thousand fans, you know, Yeah, <laughs> you know, and it's totally. just for those people and, mm-hmm. and building that, that idea of building your network. And, and now, like you say, you just still have it. It, it never goes away. And, it, and it's like this opportunity for you. Like, Oh, I see a founder I want to talk to. I have this podcast you know, mm-hmm. that I can pull out. And so, you know, we make the rules. I always tell people, look, it's your show. You make the rules and yeah. it's up, up to everyone else and the listeners to decide if they they like them and they're going to follow along. Totally. Yeah. And asking what you want is such a powerful question because at the beginning, what did we want? Well, we wanted to have a chat every week because we liked Mm -hmm. each other. We wanted to have an opportunity to speak to the most interesting people in our world. And at the beginning, like now, to me, that seems totally attainable. Like, yeah. If I want to speak to this person, it, it doesn't even feel like a, an obstacle. But back then, I just remember thinking, why would they ever want to talk to me? <laughs> why, why, you know, what am I doing? I don't even know how, I don't even know proper microphone technique. <laughs> I don't know how to record this. Yeah. There's all sorts of reasons that I thought, you know, maybe I wouldn't, like, why would they want to speak to me? Yeah. But by, you know, this is what I want. I want to be able to connect with these people. And so by articulating that, you know, and then once we reached that stage, it was like, okay, well, now we want to get a sponsor. Now we want to, you know, it, it kept kind of growing what we wanted. But being able to articulate, this is what I want, is so powerful. And I think maybe along with that, <laughs> choosing something when, you, when you're deciding what you want, choosing something that is with attainable at least, it's at least in the realm of possibility. Mm-hmm. If you've never recorded your voice and, you're, and you think, I want to get a million listeners yeah. in three months, that... <sighs> that is not really in the realm of possibility. But if you've never recorded your voice and you think, you know, I just want to see if I can do this for 10 episodes and be somewhat compelling to 10 people, 
that is a lot more attainable and it's still a giant leap forward for you as a person right as podcasters we're like we we're we're like in the desert looking for the oasis of like feedback mm-hmm. <laughs> just like is anyone talking about my show mm-hmm. does anyone like it did anyone listen to it like yeah you know and so every time so i go to a conference i wear a bright yellow podcast chunky shirt so people see it they're like oh i love the show and i'm like when did you start listening like how long have you been a listener yeah, like give me anything just, uh, yeah, come anything. on and tell so, like, me I know you mentioned Breaker, like folks are responding on Breaker too to the show. So, yeah, you know, th- there's so many apps to keep up, but it's nice to have that 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 engagement with your audience. Yeah, yeah. It's probably still the piece that's a little bit broken. Yeah. Although I think if you're resonating, you do hear about it. Um, so on one hand, even uh, I was just listening to uh, Alex Bloomberg interviewing Ira Glass. Um, what is... I, what is Alex's new show? I think it's called Masters of Scale. I no, that's a Reed, Reed Hoffman's show. Oh, that's Reed uh, Hoffman's show. Okay. Yeah, I love that show. Okay. <laughs> it's so good. So don't listen. To, uh, well, go ahead and listen to that one, but I, I'll find the one that I'm talking about. That, anyway, uh, not Startup, right? No, Without oh, I, Fail is, is what it's called. Oh, Without Fail. Okay. Without Fail, yeah. uh, his episode with Ira Glass. And, you know, Ira has been doing this forever. He, in some ways, invented the genre. Mm -hmm. And he, even he, feels like he doesn't get enough feedback when the show goes out. (laughs) He he said one of the nice things about live podcasts is you get instant feedback from the audience. You know if it's resonating or not. But, you know, typically a podcast goes out and you might not hear anything and you go, oh. So if it's happening to him... Yeah, it's true. It's probably happening to lots of folks. But I think, you know, like John and I have this show and we have, in Transistor, we, we estimate how many subscribers we think your yeah. show has. And I think we have an estimated 1,300 subscribers. So 1,300 regular listeners. Not huge by any means. But... We know that they're engaged because we hear from them all the time. They'll use our little yeah. chat widget on our, like our customer support widget to contact us. They will email us. They will DM me on Twitter. They will mm-hmm. at reply us on Twitter. They find a way. Yeah. And so I think if we were doing the show and I wasn't getting any of that, yeah. I would be a bit concerned. Um, so it's almost kind of, you, you have both. <laughs> There's yeah. probably way more people listening and enjoying than you think. But, you know, if you're inviting people to respond and you're not hearing anything, uh, that, that is something to be said about the content too. The content has to be compelling enough or concerning. Yes. Controversial enough, or or just strike a chord with them. Cause I know you, you talk about a lot of topics on the show and you're like, if you, what do you guys think of this topic? And you invite people to, to chat about it. Yes. It has, it has to be compelling. Yeah. I think that's the. That's really the bar that's difficult. To be honest, it's one of the things that makes me scared about running a podcast hosting company is because, yes, anybody can buy a microphone on Amazon for $60. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yes, we're trying to make it easier for folks to get hosting, to upload their MP3s, to understand that you don't just upload your show to Apple. You know, We're putting in all this work. That's good work. It's worth doing. But if you are not interesting or compelling 
or your content isn't surprising or engaging, nothing's going to, nothing's going to yeah. help. Yeah. And some of that comes with time, but <laughs> I, like if we backed up even more, so I said, okay, I started podcasting in 2012. The truth is, I mean, I've loved radio my whole life. Mm. I grew up in Canada. We have CBC, which is our public radio. And I'd been listening to, you know, talk radio since I was a kid. Yeah. And aspirationally, you know, I can remember being a kid and wishing I was a host on that show or wishing I could join the conversation. And, you know, when I got my driver's license at 16, sometimes I would be listening to the radio and I'm driving by myself and I would turn it off and then pretend I was in the conversation, pretend I was the host or the guest. So I've been practicing these things for a long time. I've been you're taking, meant to, you're meant to be a podcaster. <laughs> I was maybe meant to be a podcaster. And again, I'm not perfect. I know there's lots of ways I can improve. But this is why I'm I I don't think everybody can be a podcaster. Mm-hmm. In in the sense that I think it's it's within the realm of possibility that everybody could do it, but these things don't happen overnight. Yeah. And so if if you just don't like if you don't like podcasts, if you don't if you've never played the role of oh I really want to enter into this conversation and if you've never tested it out like you've never been, you know, pretending you were on a podcast or um uh, or even being on a, a panel at a meetup or yeah. something. Like you need public something. Speaking, something. Public yeah. speaking, doing a presentation in class, doing a presentation for your team at work, doing a, a live stream. If you've never done any of that, it, it just it's not going to happen overnight. So sometimes I almost want to, I wish I could ask folks before they start, like, yeah, if this would be terrible for... <laughs> <laughs> for transistors conversion, uh, you know, trial to paid conversion. But I, if I could say, what evidence can you provide me that you're going to be somewhat interesting on a microphone? Yeah. Um, and I'm not trying to be pompous about that. I'm trying to be realistic. You know, Ira Glass uh, is arguably, you know, he has one of the best voices in podcast podcasting. He understands the pacing. He understands timing. He understands editing and storytelling. And he's been doing this ever since he was a kid. Mm-mm. It didn't happen overnight. He practiced and practiced and practiced and practiced. Now, we don't have to be Ira Glass. The problem is a lot of people now try to be. <laughs> well, and that, that's, a, that's a problem too. But at least they're trying to emulate the best. Yeah. You know, yeah. because you could learn so much just if you, if you just, folks, like stop listening to us right now and go listen to any episode of This American Life. Or at least listen to the end of the episode. And then oh, well, you okay. You can, <laughs> I, I'm just joking. Hey, where are you going? No, stay here. <laughs> this American Life is like a super long show. Just listen here. But yeah, yeah. listen to the pacing. Go and listen to, you know, a Howard Stern episode and listen to all of the things that he does intuitively 
mm-hmm. that he's developed over years and years and years. And if you can find it, go back to his first show and see how much he's improved. Become a student of the craft. Become a student of the craft. So knowing that it's not easy, um, you, you did decide to do another one with John when you when you had this when you started Transistor. So can you talk a little bit about the the timing on that? Because you started it pretty early on in the process, mm-hmm. and so is that something you always knew that this is this is something that you wanted to document? Oh yeah, I mean we knew we'd have to have a show. Yeah, that experiencing how hard it is to come up with something every week is really healthy for us. Yeah. And so, and we were trying to also, you know, a big part of our business is saying to other businesses, we think this is good for your brand. Yeah. We think podcasting is, I don't think podcasting is the best way to grow uh, audience from scratch. There's exceptions, but I think podcasting is really great if you have an existing audience and you want to deepen your connection with that mm-hmm. audience and you want to grow that audience organically. And so we had to prove the point, right? We had to say here, okay, we're, gonna, we're going to eat our own dog food and, mm-hmm. and show this. And you know, the show has been good for our business. The show does... Uh, attract customers. The show has given us all sorts of ways of telling people about Transistor. And uh, so I think we've proven the point, but it's also been good to, uh, it's been good to document the process. It's been good to have like, it's often the only time John and I speak every week. And so it's been good just for us to have a public, well, I mean, the public part doesn't really... It's good to just connect with them every week, right? Uh, and and I think it's good to, I you know I'd built up an audience over these uh, you know since 2012. I knew that they would be wanting to hear from me on what I was doing next, and so it was just kind of a next natural extension of this group of people that had been following my work for years. Okay, well here's something new, mm-hmm. you know here's here's what I'm doing now. And yeah, that, that's been, I think it's been great. <laughs> I, yeah, I, think, what's inter- I think the show what's, will change, but I think, um, you know, we're always going to have some sort of way of speaking to our audience in this human way that is audio. So, um, Let's talk a little bit about Transistor, and, and I, I have a feeling I, I have a ton of questions to ask you because I've been in this you know world for like five years. But mm-hmm. what's interesting about your approach is that you and John are coming at it from people who like really haven't been you know you're wor- wor- working more with SaaS uh, in the SaaS world, and then mm-hmm. in the podcasting space, you know, as you might imagine, when you go to Podcast Movement and there's Podfest in, in Orlando, yeah. But you, you're sort of new to that whole group of folks and that's why like the high school example is kind of interesting but yeah what is it's been interesting to get your fresh take on on this like a fresh set of eyes because you know a lot of people are just having that those same conversations yeah and you go to these and you go to these conferences and the Lipson booth is next to the blueberry booth which is next to the the um the the, the host whatever the uh, the other Podbean yeah. booth which is next to the speaker booth mm-hmm. <laughs> which is next to the audio boom booth and it's just crazy like so they're all is like Everyone's kind of playing along, but now, I mean, you guys are new. Uh, um, what's 
what's been the most interesting thing for you because to come out of the SaaS world and sort of entering like this this bubble of what's happening in the podcasting space? And this, my friends, is a great time for me to tell you about our sponsors, Alitu.com. You know, I was just chatting with Harry about how the hardest piece of, you know, making these shows is the recording, editing, making it sound good. And that's what Alitu.com does. They remove the all that technical stuff you need to know. They take care of the processing, the editing, the publishing. Go to Alitu. Uh, check out their video demo right on their homepage. Go to alitu.com and check them out. Also, Ross over at podcastinsights.com has just created a 10-day how to start a podcast course. Uh, it's free and in it you can learn some of the reasons people don't start podcasting and how to get over those, how to figure out what to podcast about, tips and tactics to figure out episode ideas that people actually want to hear, tips for choosing a name, ideas for show format and segments, equipment you'll need, recording and editing, publishing, promotion. It's its all here, all packaged up in one place. Uh, you can sign up. It's 100% free. You just go to the homepage of podcastinsights.com and you will see it there. All right, let's get back to the show. This bubble of what's happening in the podcasting space. Yeah. I mean, I was somewhat familiar with those folks. Yeah. Um, and I have friends in the industry that, you know, have been helpful. You know, I've got some friends at Midroll and mm-hmm. and some other things. I think from the beginning, I wanted to ask, who is this for and what is this for? And to create a connection with a group of people that fit that description and wanted that thing. For years, I've given people the advice, you know, people would contact me and they would, a lot of, because I have a show called Product People, a lot of people pitch me their ideas. Yeah. And because they knew I was a podcaster, they would say, hey, I have an idea for podcasters. And I would say, whoa, stop right there. I think podcasters are a terrible market. I don't think you should build anything for podcasters. (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) And and please, folks listening to the show, don't, don't get angry. This is true. <laughs> no, I'm, we all know it. I'm the same we're, we're, way. Podcasts are cheap. I, we're cheap. We like to DIY, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. We were talking before the, the call about my audio setup. I'm using this cheap $50 microphone, yeah. right? It's just plugged right into my computer. Now, some podcasters spend more on gear, but they are so in the DIY mindset. They want to, you know, they want to do everything themselves if they can. And I get it because I'm like that too. But I know that makers and podcasters and hobbyists, we don't make great customers. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, the, the reason when John told me he was thinking about Transistor, the, the thing that, not just the thing, the trend that I saw that I thought was interesting, and I don't know if it's going to, who knows if it's going to work? But the trend I saw was that brands were now starting to create yeah. their own shows. Yeah. That, um, and, and when I say brands, I'm, I do mean everyone from the influencer to, um, you know, Basecamp has a show and CodePen has a show. 
And then I saw all the things that Gimlet was doing with Gimlet Creative. That wow, that's crazy. That these brands are buying, they're creating original content, and so, uh, in some ways, quite naively, I thought, you know, I know a lot of tech companies where the CEO loves podcasting, mm-hmm. and. I have a feeling if I said, you know, have you thought about starting a podcast? They would say, oh, yeah, I've, I've thought about that all the time. Yeah. Uh, well, how would you like to start a podcast for your business and have a really intimate way to earn your audience's trust? And so that's been the thesis from the beginning. Now, we have all sorts of shows. And under that banner, we've had to kind of stretch it, you know. Uh, like we have a great show called supercomputer.fm, hmm. which is um, Alex Cox, who is on tons of other podcasts. She's on a podcast called Do By Friday, I believe. Um, and so she's kind of made a career out of podcasting. She's, you know, on a lot of tech shows. Uh, her and, oh, I, I can't say Matt's last name. It's Matt, Matt Casalini, Casanelli. Casanelli. Okay. But, you know, so they have a show and I I imagine that um, they're eventually going to make their money through Patreon or through ads. Yeah. But to me, that's still kind of under this umbrella of brands that are trying to, in this case, it's personal brands that are trying to use podcasting as a part of their, their career or their business. And that thread seemed really interesting to me. Uh, also, the, the when all of the you know we all talk about it all that that ad data that came out and we're seeing that you know the CPMS are still really high, um, brands are still interested. It'd be nice if there was more variety in the brands, but you know the 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 PR around podcast adv- advertising is quite good. It didn't seem like a big jump to say, well, why not just make your own original show? Instead of investing, you know, $100,000 in podcast advertising this year, why not hire a host and pay them full time to make a show? So Rework, um, which is Basecamp's show, they have basically two full-time people working on it, maybe one and a half, you know? That's a fair investment. Cards Against Humanity has two full-time people working on the Good News podcast. It just seemed like there was something there. And I'd seen from my own side how podcasting had been a benefit to me in growing an audience and making a living. I felt like, well, I've had this experience. I can see other people have had this experience. This seems worth doing. It still feels like there's room to grow. And still people are, a lot of folks are just discovering podcasts. Yeah. The other thing, sorry, before we go too far, because I, I wanted, the other thing that made me feel like I could start a podcasting company now, which again, still might not work. I have no idea. Don't put the, I'm, I'm a big believer in like, uh, like putting out intentions because I, <laughs> I do them every morning after my meditation. So don't put that one out there. Just put the <laughs> one out that's like, because the universe is listening. So you got to be like, oh, when, when we, when our company is so successful, we don't know what to do with it. Well, you know, so. this is one thing my gut is telling me is I used to never hear normals talk about podcasts. Yeah, you mentioned that. So when I was at a coffee shop, 
no one's talking about podcasting. They're talking about what's new on Netflix. They're talking about the new Harry Potter book. When I started hearing people talk about the Tim Ferriss show, I, you know, I, I would turn my <laughs> head like yeah. just normal people in Vernon, British Columbia, mm-hmm. talking about the Tim Ferriss podcast in a coffee shop. That's so, what's going on here? And then I'd have a family reunion and my youngest sister would come up to me and go, this is just last year. She'd go, Justin, have you heard of podcasts? I've been listening to a lot of podcasts lately. <laughs> okay, well. One of, the, one of the things you and John talked about with this is this idea of transistor being mindful technology. Mm, yeah, it's another reason I wanted to do that? it. I had this moment the other day because I go back and forth like anybody. I Some days I'm like, oh, I'm so excited about podcasting. And other days I'm like, ah, there's, this is not going anywhere. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and I'm also kind of betting my life on this new business. And there's always this thought of, well, I hope it, I hope it makes it. Everyone wants to, it, their thing yeah. to make it, right? Yeah. And I'm walking to my office and I'm listening to that episode I was just telling you about um, with Ira Glass and Alex Bloomberg. And there's, you know, it's a 30 minute walk. And there's like three moments where I laughed out loud or I almost cried in a way of just being just hearing these stories, like them telling stories in a way that you kind of don't get anywhere else. I'm walking, I'm not looking at a screen, I'm in the sun, I'm getting exercise, I'm headed to work, but along for the ride is Ira Glass and Alex Bloomberg. Mm -hmm. And I just had three moments of kind of, um, of joy where, you know, in their storytelling, I was like, oh, that is such a great moment. And there's just very few mediums, especially digital mediums, that are like that. So many of our, you know, digital technology wants to suck us in and get us addicted and, you know, wants our eyeballs on the screen Uh, They want to capture our attention and monetize it and keep it forever. They want us to be addicted to, you know, like Facebook wants us to be addicted. Yeah. And certainly there are people who are addicted to podcasts. I'm not saying that's not true. But the chances of that happening are just so much lower because it's built into the technology is uh, this, it's just different. It's a mindful technology. It's a technology that, do, that allows you to use it while you're doing other things. That yeah. in of itself is completely unique. I, I tweeted the other day, uh, I said, for me, folding laundry time is podcasting time. Where do yeah, you exactly. listen to podcasts? And I tweet all the time and I couldn't believe how many people replied. And this idea that, you know, 
they're they're washing the dishes they're walking their dog some people listen in the shower i don't know how they do that um you know they on road in traffic right in traffic road trips this is there's this this technology that allows people to hear stories allows people to learn something new allows people to engage with hosts and really kind of build a relationship with the hosts mm-hmm. And it just felt different than so much of the other startups and tech companies that just want to abuse and use uh, the consumer. There is something very unique about it. Mm-hmm. And I love that. And in some ways, I hope it doesn't get as big as YouTube. Because uh, I think lots of what goes on in YouTube is gross. I don't want to have yeah. anything to do with that. Yeah. I want, I want technology that doesn't, you know, require me to be addicted for there to be some sort of value, right? So I can listen to a podcast when I have time. What's actually interesting is that because I am so addicted to other platforms. It's very difficult for me to listen to a podcast if I'm not doing something else. Like if I have access to the screen or my computer, I'm not going to listen to a podcast. And if I am, I'm going to be like doing other stuff. I'm going to miss half the show. You you can't do it. (laughs) No. And where is podcasting best? It's best when you're doing something like driving or dishes or whatever, but the, the words have your complete attention. Mm-hmm. And so, ah, I, just to be involved in that space, I hope it, it's big enough that it can support, you know, a bunch of people's families um, and a bunch more people's families. Mm-hmm. But I don't want it to be so big that that part gets ruined. I, I want the, some of the purity to stay. And, um, you know, any technology that encourages people to take more walks with their dogs, to me, that's a good thing. So That is a good thing. So that's all I'm going to share with you. If you want the full interview, we talked for almost two hours. Uh, go to podcastjunkies.com. Before I head out, I want to say thanks to everyone who supports us on Patreon. That's Colin Gray at alitu.com. That's Samori Augusto. That's Mike Walker. Brad from Canada, Darby Frey, Kevin Markham, Adam Devander, and say it with me, Dave Junta. And thanks again to podcastinsights.com as well. For all the show notes, head over to sas.transistor.fm slash 38. And I will see you next week. Podcast hosting is provided by Transistor.fm. They host our MP3 files, generate our RSS feed, provide us with analytics, and help us distribute the show to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. If you want to start your own podcast or you want to switch to Transistor, go to Transistor.fm Justin and get 15% off your first year.